All right. That's why he's starting to record voice. All right. (laughs) Can you hear me okay? Yeah. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Are you waving to me? Oh, it was a a thing thing in my room. Um, So, yeah, we're we're doing this one via Zoom again, but don't worry. It's not going to sound as fucking bad as 47 Ronin. The, so. the, the audio is going to be terrible. Actually, let me shut my door real quick because uh, Long Beach don't know how to be quiet. No, Beach, yeah, you guys have fucking hot rods on the street all the time. Oh, there's, a big, there's a big party in the backyard behind my house. Nice. Oh, with the, the one below you guys? Uh, no, the other one, the catty corner. Mm. <laughs> they are going off, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's Saturday. Yeah, it is. So, I mean, we're probably the last people to, like, figure this out. We finally figured out how to... Re- Core well, through Zoom. Yeah, these these old dogs learned a couple new tricks tonight. Like we, we figured, it out. yeah, did. I mean, everyone can laugh at that, but I mean, everyone at my work already knows I'm fucking dumb when it comes to this. So yeah, like I was telling you earlier, I couldn't find the calculator on an iPad today. So. <laughs> anytime, um, I think I told you before. Anytime we were like updating like pictures of like our shoe wall at mm-hmm. work, and like you take one set and then you airdrop it. I like have to find the youngest person on the clock, and I'm like, here, just do this. <laughs> like, <laughs> Raise your hand if you're 18 years old. <laughs> they're like, Cody, we've showed you the seven times. Like, it doesn't work. It's broken. Like, <laughs> take it to the shop. You mean the, the, the Apple store? No, the shop. Take it to the shop. Take it to the shop, like to the repairman. Like, dude, I took before my wedding. I don't know if I told you, but like, I love like people that have like a crowd. Like, I took my vacuum into a vacuum repair store. Like, did you really yeah i was like fix it like, that's honestly that's like the most pr- precious thing i've ever heard yeah it was it was so nice like it's like everyone's like just go buy another one I'm like no there's a guy and that's his trade yeah dude <laughs> if, if, if anything stops working in my house i'm just gonna move i don't know how to- <laughs> i knew that there was a guy's name's nick on mm-hmm. my street that has a vacuum store and i was right. like i'm going to patron him and he, he did a great job in fact, well, great. That's why you know it, it, sometimes it pays off to know your neighbors. Yeah, it's awesome. Most times, mo- most times it doesn't. But this no, time one of them it doesn't. Like, there's a couple people in my, um, uh, I guess say neighborhood, but my building that like yeah. look like nice people, and I'm like, I can't risk it. I can't. Yeah. <laughs> there's a guy. Um, okay, this is just recent. But the guy moved into the apartment behind, like off my balcony. Uh huh. And he asked me for cigarettes, and I have to throw him cigarettes oh, now. Oh, God damn it, no. <laughs> he, he's, he's, an, he's, like, a really nice, he's an elderly gentleman that just, like, he's, he's a nice man. Is he but I had literally there? Like, is he, like, are you throwing him food? <laughs> Actually, Cody, be careful, because he's, he's disabled, so. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, fine. <laughs> yes, he is sort of stuck there. He's sort of stuck. But he's like, hey, bud, cigarette. And I'm like, all right. Hang on. <laughs> and then it's like you have two of me. <laughs> but now I just have that. Now I am his, like, corner store. I have to give him cigarettes all the time. <laughs> That's funny. Does he throw you dollars? No, just uh, says things. Yeah. Shitty old man. <laughs> Ugh, okay, episode right. time? You ready for your um your moral question? My conundrum? Yeah. Yep. So it, this one took me a while to find because I was getting tired of these ones where it's, like, few or many. Okay. Because uh, every fucking question I look up is like, save one, save ten. I'm like, yeah, I get it. That's like every moral dilemma. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like save the baby or save the town. It's like, okay. Like, yeah, these like you know these, these psychologists are running out of you know. Topics. Yeah, but yeah. I liked this one was cool. I never so, okay. So, um, just picture like a married couple. We're just, we'll just call them like Jim and Jane. Um, okay. So Jim, Jim, Jim and Jane, like Jim, they're so Jim, Jim and Pam. Jim and okay, we'll call them Jim and Pam. 
the, okay, the mirror universe version of Jim and Pam. Got it. Um, Jim and Pam are both very, very unhappy with their uh, marriage, and they hate each other. Um, uh, Jim starts planning to poison Pam um, to get rid of her. Uh, But unbeknownst to him, Pam's planning the same thing uh, to poison him back. And so one morning, uh, Jim accidentally puts the poison in his coffee, thinking it's creamer, uh, and poisons himself. So okay. Pam has the antidote because like, she's like, well, just in case I get poisoned, I have an antidote. But she chooses not to give it to him. She's like, well, this is great fortune. He did it to himself. Right. So which act is worse? The fact that she didn't save him or the fact that Jim was going to poison her? Okay, hold on. Because I actually had to sketch this on my notepad because I wanted to figure out who the poison first okay. but they both the, they both decided to poison at the same time mm. well yeah i guess they made the decision at the same time but when it jim acted first i guess but he accidentally put it in his own coffee but it wasn't like pam found out that jim was planning to poison her so she also then got poisoned no 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 no, no. they didn't know each other were gonna poison each other but she, well, she got herself an antidote just in case, like, basically, just in case she did what Jim did to himself. Well, the world just has one less asshole. True. But do you blame her for not saving him when she had an antidote? He tried to kill her. Yeah, well, she was going to kill him, too. Does it make her double worse because she was going to do the same thing and then didn't save him? No, no, it just, there's, okay, so this situation has... All right, what is, what is this, like, fucking... Dude, this is like, an episode of House. <laughs> no, no, this is the, what they, the, this, the rock and roll story of As I Lay Dying, where, like, Tim <laughs> yes. tries to kill his fucking wife, but she, like, he doesn't get, a, he doesn't get away with it, and she, yeah, like... Yeah, he hired, like, a hitman. Like, <laughs> but, like, it's, as, it's, like, okay, so both, both assholes. Yeah, both assholes. Jim asshole, Pam asshole. Yeah. All right, so if we put this in an Excel spreadsheet we'd file them both under the asshole column. Yeah. Right. So Which one's Jim, more, though? Jim dead asshole, Pam alive asshole. Jim dead because Jim dumb, Pam alive. <laughs> but if Pam stayed alive, it, well, if Pam allowed Jim to stay alive, would his remorse make up for the fact that he hated Pam so much and then be a good person? No, because we all know that people are inherently shitty, and he would just try to kill, kill Pam again. At, but when or he, do they just kind of like laugh it off and then just like divorce like a normal fucking couple? <laughs> no, because I think it takes a certain type of person to be okay with going to that extent. What if it rekindles their love? They're like, oh, we're still in sync. Oh my god! <laughs> like what? Like Brad and Angelina? Like uh, Mr. and Mrs. Smith? Yeah, like they both try to kill each other. They're just <laughs> yeah. like you, you. <laughs> yeah. Well, here's the thing. That's a movie, and these people suck. Well, this isn't real either. So. Oh, okay. Well, I, I guess, I, I guess if you're gonna be dumb enough to handle poison, if you get the poison in you somehow then you it's almost natural selection at that point yeah you almost kind of just have to side with her because he did it to himself right and like bro you missed the day in high school where they taught you about poison yeah and not you also missed the day in fucking life when you know which coffee is yours like yeah was it one of those things where like they try to switch the cups kind of thing maybe i don't know i don't know 
All right. But I think that now I okay, so they're both they both suck and now yeah. the world just gets one less sucky person. I think that's my answer. Okay. Fair enough. Cool. What would you what would you do? Um I, like well, well who would you side with? I kind of just I side with Jane. Or I guess Pam. Pam. It's like they're both like you said, they're both shitty. They're both they were gonna try to kill each other. He just right. happened to fuck up. Right. Uh, she was so hard to get an answer, so even if he got it right, she still would have been fine. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like one of those things where like if you if you kill a murderer, a murderer still exists on this planet. Are you quoting Batman? Is that from Batman? Yeah, he's like if you kill a murderer, the world just gains another murderer. The world, the world. Well, the 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 amount of murder. The amount of murderer stays the same. But yeah. what Batman got wrong is what if you kill two murderers? <laughs> Yes. Then, well, then you, the world gains a serial killer. <laughs> it gains a serial killer, but two less murders. <laughs> Which one's better? Me. Okay. Ready to get into it? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, um, who starts the time machine? Oh, okay. So I gotta get ready because I gotta get my old man fingers ready and and. Oh and, yeah, yeah. Okay. So oh, I gotta think of a noise. Well, well, who did the noise last time? You did. Oh, so it's your turn for a noise. Okay. I All think right. so. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so hmm. uh, well, well, hold on. I can see like I love being on Zoom for this because I can see you you raising your fists and well, I'm going to the motion because I'm going to do the noise and then move my arm to hit the stop button. So, right. Okay. So yeah, in one fell swoop. Yeah. Okay. Um. Okay. So. Welcome to Thought for Your Thoughts. <laughs> Welcome to uh, episode nine. Episode nine. Nine. We have nine episode no in German. Yes, episode no. We this have episode is uh, a big no. This is the, the, everything about this episode is a giant N-O. Yeah, this guy sucks. Oh my god. All right, go I ahead. I don't know why we didn't pick him the first time. Like, we, so we, in the middle of this season, X'd out a topic and then waited until like last week to replace it. And I don't know why we didn't just go with this guy. Like, I don't know why we didn't do him already. Well, the only – this is a last-minute choice. I know. But it was like once I started researching, I was like, why are we – why are we even sitting on this? We haven't really thought about cult leaders until now, I think. It's true. I feel like we got like a whole – there's a whole chamber there of cult leaders. And there's an untapped resource of religious assholes <laughs> they, that we have. You know why? Like, I fucking – I hate them. They are so freaking annoying. Mm-hmm. Because – to any normally sane person, it's just like you're a lunatic. Well, it's it's evangelicals. They're in their own space. They're in their own realm because they have followers that believe in whatever they're selling. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like the fact that there's followers that like buy them. Like, are are you dumb? Like, you have to be dumb if you're buying this shit. Like, 
I don't know. I mean, some people follow like the Grateful Dead around every year. I mean, like that's dumb. They're not even good. (laughs) They're okay. All right. Well, we've been beating around the bush. We're talking about Jim's Jim Jones and Jonestown. Right. So, um, all right. You ready for me to start? I got a, I don't, I'm being I got really a big careful. intro for this guy. <laughs> I'm really, like, I'm, I'm, I'm concerned about my, my chair squeaking and, just and my papers moving. So I'm, I'm just going to stay perfectly still. Okay, go ahead. Okay, cool. All yeah. right. So Jim Jones, born May 13th, 1931 in Crete, Indiana, mm-hmm. and he should have stayed there. Is my yeah. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> um, <laughs> I just stayed there. Um, weirdly enough, um, for somebody who started a cult, essentially, he calls it a temple, started mm-hmm. a cult, um, it was hard for him to make friends as a kid, it's been documented. Like, he didn't have, like, any friends. Um, mm-hmm. People who knew him just said he was, uh, just referred to him as weird. Like the kid that, like, ate dirt or something yeah, like that? like, he was just the, oh, well, yeah. You would think, like, normal weird kids would eat dirt or, like, right. breathe in your direction. Or like the um, kid that always had that snot bubble hanging out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, or like you know what? Okay, so what? Like, what do kids normally do that don't have a lot of friends? They usually just like sit inside and read. No Legos and Legos. Okay, like they do read Legos. and like do like arts or crafts or whatever. Right. So like Jim definitely he read. He read a lot. Um, do you want to, like? Do you know some of his favorite authors? R.L. Stein. Oh, dude! If only I. This guy'd be great. <laughs> um his favorite author is just i'm just gonna buzz out like his his greatest hits list um stalin hitler mao marx and for just a little bit of diversity gandhi <laughs> just just for the flair <laughs> for, the, for the panache <laughs> just go so you can be one with yourself by killing every other one <laughs> yeah like he got murder and death communism mm-hmm. and then like peace to be okay with it <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. it's like like Adi Amin just like doing meditation at the end of every day <laughs> you know I feel good <laughs> yeah you know what I was right to have that firing squad <laughs> yeah and then so those were like those were that was his library um and as far as like Legos go or like if he had like any hobbies mm-hmm. uh he did pet funerals in his yard did for his own did he kill his pets uh, he stabbed a cat, um, but, like, he would just, like, get other dead animals and then, like, hold funerals for them. So he stabbed a cat, like, full-on, like, the movie Gummo, like, yeah. beat a cat with, like, heavy metal in the background. Yeah. So, Jeez. yeah, this guy, yeah, I mean, just weird kid. Um, so that was his uh, outlets. Um, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. What? Uh, like what's what was that the criminal and in, the criminal investigation show like inside the mind of a murderer or something criminal like that minds? Or, was it criminal minds something like that where they 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 literally um proved that, that there was a certain line if somebody beat animals as a kid they would turn out to be a serial killer oh that's the um oh there's it's it's called the something triangle um it's basically three points of a sign of a serial killer it's like animals Killing animals, pissing the bed, and um, being obsessed with fire. Okay, so that would make a serial killer later on in life. Those are three glaring signs, yeah. I, so, there's a name for it. It's called the something triangle. So we don't need to beat around the bush here. We all know the end of Jonestown. Would that be a, a, a serial killing then? 
No, I think he, he hits one of the marks as, like, the animal shit, but he's not a serial killer. Like, he wasn't physically, like, killing people. Got it. Okay. So, I, I think he, he's in it. Cult leaders are in a different ballpark. Like, they're playing a I, different game. I really hope you get into the, the, the early years. Like, he did a lot of good. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I definitely do. My whole intro is, like, about, like, the good that he did. Okay, great, um, great, So, fun, fun fact. Um, he – so, when he was young, like I said, he was born in 1931. So – uh, he grew up during World War II, and okay. at one point uh, through his town, they were um, transporting some German POWs, and a German soldier kind of like patted him on the head as he walked by, and Jim Jones just goes, "How Hitler!" <laughs> <laughs> like he was just so jazzed. Like, <laughs> listen, I I love Mein Kampf, lo- love everything. <laughs> Like, love the Third Reich. Just keep up the good work. Kyle Hitler. Jesus yeah, Christ. Yeah, like, to him, it was like the Beatles were coming through town. He was like, fuck yeah. Like, what a little fucking lunatic. Jesus. Yeah, a little fucking psycho. Um, so, here, here's where we're going to start the good thing. And it's like, it's going to, like, he's going to take a, a sharp left away okay. from right. those kind of people. Um, okay. So, the one glaring thing that he did not have in common with his favorite fucking authors and idols and that German POW. Mm-hmm. Uh, was that he wasn't racist like yeah. he didn't hate any race he was very like accepting of everyone uh, he, was, he was all he was inclusive he was very inclusive everything that he does going forward is about inclusivity mm-hmm. like to his highest point like um, and it was one thing that like separated his relationship with his dad his dad was a known like associate of the KKK um well, yeah. he was just—he was a white man in the 1930s, which in Indiana made you in Indiana, which would you could say a white man in Indiana in the 1930s, but you would also say he was also a racist, and they would mean the same thing. Almost, yeah. But yeah. but Jim wasn't though, and like it actually like caused such a rift with him and his dad that he didn't speak to his dad for like years, um, because his dad like I think there was like a story where his dad like wouldn't let Jim's black friend in the house. Um, and, and Jim was like, "Fuck that!" Let my yeah. Let he my was homie. pissed. He was like, "This is my friend." Yeah. yeah. So, um, uh, da, 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 let me find out where I was. Um, yeah. So later, he starts his church or his temple, where we call, and he was very accepting of letting anyone in, any race, color, didn't matter. Um, he was a huge fan of this guy called Reverend Divine, um, mm-hmm. who was a, a black reverend. I'm going to call him a cult leader as well. He, he referred to himself as God. Uh, oh. oh, okay. Yeah, like in the first person. Like, well, yeah, you could just do that if you want, I guess. Yeah, so <laughs> River Divine wasn't like super great either, but like Jim Jones loved him. Um, well, didn't Jim Jones do that later in life too? He called himself God? He, yeah, he would go on. Oh, I'll get to that. I'll get to that. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm but no, but no, but you're right. Yeah, he would go on to this thing where he would be like, whatever you want to call me, call me. I'll be it. Like kind of thing. Oh, I get it. I can embody I, whatever you need. I am of many names. Yes. Um, yeah. And I'll elaborate on that a little later. Um, so, yeah, he loved Reverend Divine. Um, and then uh, he also he also received a Luther King humanitarian, Martin Luther King humanitarian award from Pastor Cecil Williams. So mm-hmm. he's, like, very active in the black community, um, getting integrations going and, like, you know, go, like, the proponent for, like, black rights. Um, which is really good, but the one thing he had in common was that he's a gigantic commie. <laughs> right. So, yeah, he's great, but he's a huge communist. Well, at this point, 
socialism and communism were almost of the, sa the, the same feather on the same bird. Well, they have a lot of similarities anyway. And when right. you look at nations in power and their leaders at that time in history, like, I mean, you're splitting hairs between some of them. Like, but he, his communism was the, 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 the utmost communism where commun his idea of communism actually worked. Kind of, but like he is only because he never, he wasn't a, a, a political leader that was like taking over a nation and that fucked up communism and like did it, you know, corruptly. No. But it wasn't like he was a Leninist. He was inspired by Lenin to get it right. He was a Leninist, yes. Um, and he also, like, you know, like Hitler, though, like, hated outright socialism. Um, right. And also, you know, uh, uh, referred to America as just fascism. Like, right. So, I mean, that he has in common with his, like, you know, his, his bros, Hitler and Stalin and all that. Um, so... Uh, so yeah, so huge comedy, which in this time in history, not a good thing to be during the McCarthy era purges um, right. and blacklisting, like where McCarthy is out to get blood and getting everyone. Um, I know he mentioned this on another podcast, uh, not another podcast, I only have one, it's this one, um, on another episode. <laughs> Wait, are you on another podcast? <laughs> <laughs> you would tell me. <laughs> No, Cody, no, no. you're cheating on me? Never, never, sweet boy. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, there was an episode where I tried to remember this guy's name. I don't know if Mark corrected me in, in his part, um, but it was Joseph McCarthy, who I was trying to think of, who right. in America was like just out to hunt down every commie. Like, if you just threw commies into, like, a forest and McCarthy mm -hmm. with a gun, he was going hunting. Like, right, right. So he got a lot of heat from McCarthy um, over the years, and obviously they're not going to be best friends. Um, so yeah, there's that. Um, but if I, eventually he gets a chance and he gets to start his first church in Indiana in 1960. Um, uh, oh no, sorry. I jumped the gun before his church. Um, he's appointed the head of human rights commission in 1960 in Indianapolis. That's what I'm going to mm -hmm. say. Um, so he's doing so much good work that even like the governor's like, yeah, like get in here, dude. Like you're awesome. Um, and for all accounts, like, he, while he was there, like, he was all over it. Um, he was interrogating churches, um, or, sorry, integrating churches. He may be interrogating them, but he was integrating <laughs> churches. Um, maybe he was interrogating before he integrated. Um, he was waterboarding churches. <laughs> yeah, like, why would you let black people in? Um, uh, dude, I'm with that, man. I'm, I'm on <laughs> Um, so, okay, so he was integrating churches. He even helped integrate the police department and a lot of other establishments, like local restaurants and stuff mm -hmm. like that. Um, he would be there and console victims of hate crimes and also, like, go around those blocks, like, convincing white couples not to move because there was black people on their street. Um, so he was, like, helping, like, save neighborhoods. Um, there was even one time where he collapsed, like, um, like, fainted or something, like, during a rally, and mm -hmm. he was taken to a hospital, and um, he was accidentally put into the, the color ward, mm -hmm. but when they realized the mistake, he refused to leave anyway. And it was like, no, 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 I'm good. Like I got a bed. And he like started going around like making beds and like emptying bedpans and like helping. And it caused such an uproar that the, the hospital had to integrate. <laughs> like, okay. So it, it, at this point, I think it, it's, it's fair to say that like, when when Jim Jones was transitioning from a child into his adolescence and being a little bit more active in the communities, 
uh, it needs to be said that at one point, uh, Jim Jones had this kind of um, a wabasabi kind of okay. uh, perspective where it's like a perfect, perf- perfectly imperfect, where he he saw what was happening around him and wanted to make it different. Where Jim Jones is known to have that kind of idealism where whatever is happening, I need to make it punk rock. I need to make it like, mm. I need to make, I need to turn tables. And that's what he, that's one of the first like um, uh, things I read about him was he was always anti-pro. Whatever yeah. pro was, I'm anti. And he wanted to so, flip. So, so. Yeah, like any given time, like he would, he was always the nails on the chalkboard. Like, yeah. Jim Jones wasn't doing this because he believed in it. Jim mm. Jones was doing it because he wanted to be the black sheep. Oh, I, I can buy that entirely. Like, when we get to the right. shitty things he did, it's like, no, this was just, this was a master plan. Like, great, right. good things happened. But he didn't do it because he wanted good. He wanted to do it because it was anti-everything. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was, it was just for his own personal view. Exactly. And yeah. I think we really need to iron that out with this guy. Yeah, no, that, it's, I'm glad you brought that up because I, like, I think we're, we're putting this guy really high up. Everyone's going to be like, this guy's great. And it's like, no, like, it is great things he did, mm-hmm. but just no one saw through why he was doing it. Right. He did it for his own edification, not yeah. for the purpose of, of putting, of, of equality or, you know, putting, you know, black people and white people together, which of course they should be, which is, it, it should be, you know, a snap judgment it, or it yeah. shouldn't even be judgment. It's just be like, yeah, people are people, whatever. Yeah. But he did it because it was an, an anti what his dad did or an anti what he it was raised in it. So yeah. he didn't do it for any other reason except just to be different. And it's like when you look at a picture of the guy like this, everything you just said makes perfect sense. This guy's not some humble looking like church leader. This guy's like a, a tanned Elvis motherfucker. Well, yeah. Like, he this, looks, guy's, this guy thinks he's a rock star. Like, he also, he's also like 6'4, so he's a tall guy too. Oh, he's right? huge. He's like Javier Bardem walking around like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like he, with he, his he, fucking smoked over haircut and his glasses. Like, I can't believe you just said that. He looks ex- fucking exactly like Javier Bardem in No Country for Old Men. In No Country for Old Men, like to yeah. the T. Like, put sunglasses on him. It's like Jim Jones. Yeah, put aviators on Javier. Done. Yeah, give him a collar. Like, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, really, really, really good segue there. I'm glad because I didn't write any of that down, but I'm glad you said it. Oh, thanks, um, man. So, um, let me refine my my spot. Okay. So, yeah. So, oh, so yes, he was put in the hospital. Um, it caused the hospital to integrate. The weird thing I thought about that was was like the fact that he was put into the black ward to begin with. Because he's not that dark. <laughs> like okay. he, he looks a little Native American. Um, okay. which he said he was a lot and all of his family was like no that's not true we're not Native American like he was just tan like, he just had he had the cheekbones too though yeah the cheekbones he I mean like when I look at his pictures like he looks he does look Native American and he played he tried to play it um, he, he could like he could if he wanted to like, he could oh yeah like you could you'd believe it if you never heard a testimonial like from his aunt who said no like right. like, <laughs> like you'd believe it like, when right. I read that, I was like, yeah, I see it. And I was like, and then it says, like, but it's not true. I was like, ah, okay. okay. Mm-hmm. So, um, so like, you already kind of chimed on. Um, all of his <laughs> peace and love bullshit faded away as his congregation grew in size. Um, and he wanted, obviously, more control because he's a commie. Um, so, his preaching start- started to let his communist views leak in more and more along with his anti-American sentiment. Like I said, like he, it was all like, 
communism was great. This country's fascist. Um, right. And it was just that. Like, so he never used to speak it. Like, it wasn't ever about his views. But, like, as he had this, this um, temple growing, mm-hmm. he was like, all right, now I'm going to start feeding it in. Like you said, like, this was his plan all along. Right. Um, so. He, he's, he's desperate for popularity. Oh, yeah. This guy, like, he, the thing with cult leaders, I think, if, if anything, and maybe even a lot of serial killers, is that they want to be celebritized so bad. Like, yeah, they want that, that media. They want the, yeah. uh, their, their And when I tell you, them. like, some of the media coverage this guy got, you're going to be like, what the fuck? Like, this guy was everywhere. Like, if we were alive in the 60s, like, we would think he's a rock star. Like, oh, <laughs> feed me, Cody. Feed yeah, me, okay. Seymour. <laughs> Seymour. Okay, so um so this okay i find this really funny when i read it it's funny how someone who could read a snippet from an article just like one line or a book or like a line from a movie or something that a friend said and their brain is just like run with that <laughs> just go with it um, oh wait asperger's kinda yeah <laughs> <laughs> so there was he read this article saying that, like, if nuclear holocaust happened, mm-hmm. Brazil would be safe. And he was like, we're going to Brazil. Like, Got it. Done. Done. <laughs> Tell me no more, Esquire. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> that comma should have been a period because he had right. me in Brazil. Done. And, like, so, and it was, it was just, like, it was so on point because he was looking at the time for a new temple location. Mm-hmm. And then he read this article and he was just like, mm-hmm. hey, like, pack the kids up. We're going. Like, yeah, so he goes to Brazil. He sets up a lot of stuff. Um, but while he's there, he starts to get word that the, his temple in, in Indiana starts to fall apart. Like it needs leadership. It's not being run. Um, so he moves. He, he flies back. But instead of fixing it, he packs it all up and goes to San Fran. Um, okay. Because, I mean, why not? I mean, you know. He, he starts covering California. California is like, you know, everyone goes west. Um, so he starts setting – he sets up multiple locations in, in there, but mainly, you know, San Francisco. Um, and that's where it starts to get really, like, fanatic-y. Um, everything from there. Like, then it, it truly becomes a temple, and he's, like, the top dog. Um, so, like you said earlier – you brought up earlier, and this is what I was going to get to um, – he starts getting into this, like, guru-type sense. It's like – Whatever you need me to be, I'll be. If you need a father, I'll be your father. If you need a brother, I'll need I'll be your brother. If you need a friend, a lover, I'm that too. Like I am whatever you need me to be, all the time. Okay. okay. Um, he, there was a lot of sex, also. Okay. Like because obviously he said he could be a lover, so he's gonna be he's gonna be a lover ninety eight percent of the time. Um, so, uh, he is, I I glossed over because I didn't care, but he's obviously, he's married right now, but he's like fucking everyone. Um, what's in the seventies? Yeah. Like, but like he, so he, he would, um, you know, have these like mistresses, but he's also would like screw with dudes too. Even though he was like, Oh, I hate homosexuality, but he would just like fuck guys. He's like, well, I gotta keep them pure. (laughs) You know what? Fucking. Okay. There's, there's a trend. With anti-gay rights pastors being found to fuck dudes. Yeah. Like, there's, there's the bell curve where yeah. 
if you're if you're if you hate gay people enough, you'll end up fucking one. The person who says they hate gays the most love balls on their face. Like, they love, they're crazy like, about it. Yeah. They'll 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 touch your foot in an airport bathroom. Like they'll they'll underneath the stall, just like hello. They'll, they'll want it. <laughs> like they want it. They it's just they're putting on airs. Like, yeah. dude, it's cool to be gay. Yeah. Cool like he would, he would openly condemn homosexuality, and then like after everything happened. Like, so many guys came out, it's like, yeah, like, he would, like, do me all the time. Like, Cool, man. Have fun with it. He was all about, like, he was all about keeping, like, people pure. Like, but so, so you're the, what, you're the, you're the anti-venom? Your asshole has anti-gay venom? Like, what are you talking about? Much. I mean, he, he's, like, he's the same as, um, what's his face? Uh, the guy who, like, started, um, uh, Scientology. Like, Carl, uh, no, um, who started Scientology? Uh, Hubbard. Hubbard. Yeah, Hubbard was screwing everyone saying it was like keeping them like cleansed. <laughs> right. yeah, yeah. My my asshole's the antidote. Yeah, like get in there. <laughs> get up on it, friend. Yeah. Like so right. there was a lot of that going around and then like as long as uh, as far as uh appeasing to people individually, he mm. also made a lot of claims that he was the uh, reincarnation of a lot of people. Um so he was obviously Jesus. Um, I mean, I go without saying clearly. Uh, Gandhi, he was Gandhi too. He was Buddha. Uh, he, he was he was gay Jesus. He walked on rose. Yeah, he walked on rose. Yeah, he was Gandhi, <laughs> but he was eating ass. And <laughs> <laughs> wait, no, that was God, that was gay communion eating ass yes. <laughs> yeah. and drinking rose. <laughs> drinking rose. Um, gay communion is eating ass and drinking rose. He was the reincarnation of Buddha. Uh, he's also the reincarnation of Father Divine, and I was like, "Oh, I didn't know he died." <laughs> okay. Um, and he's also the reincarnation of Lenin. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's just—he's—he's he's a busy guy. <laughs> like, he's got a lot of voices in his head. Um, sure. So, um, okay. So this is where I think it's—it's it, it, it's, it's, his—it's weirdest is how famous he is. Right. Like, he's. That all sounds nuts, and you're like, who the fuck buys that? Like, but he's he's famous. Um, so he uh sorry, I keep losing my place because I wrote a lot. Um he is good friends with with Governor Jerry Brown at the time. Um he also gets a visit and like um they speak at his temple um by Harvey Milk. Um Oh, I got I got into that a little later. Nice, okay. Um he also was on the plane with vice president candidate at the time, Walter Mondale, like months before the election. Okay. Like, just give it advice. <laughs> like, yeah, he's kind of, he's, he was like a political and, um, and, and popularity rock star in a way. Right. Yeah. He was like the country's reverend kind of like, um, right. yeah. he also, um, uh, before the election, um, yeah, like I said, and then he even, um, was a good friends with First Lady uh, Carter, too. So. Oh, okay. Uh, Jimmy Carter's wife. Yeah, yeah. Jimmy Carter's wife. Yeah. Uh, I think her name was like Rosalind or something. I could be wrong. Um, but with all that fame comes a lot of media attention. Mm-hmm. He cannot be famous, and like this is like the age, like the birth of the media. Like people, more and more people are starting to get TVs in their house. Like media is everywhere. It's, it's the birth of the news cycle. The news cycle media. This is like the birth of the twenty-four hour news. Like, no, not twenty-four hour. The news cycle. Oh, just the new cycle. Okay. Um, so, it's, a, it's, a, it's, the, it's where they had times for news on television. It was the 5 o'clock, 6 o'clock, 7 o'clock news. We still have that. 
Well, they do, but it was the birth of it. Oh, gotcha. Okay. But not the 24 like, yeah, I was like, my grandma keeps a timer. <laughs> the the cycle started in the uh, late 80s. Gotcha. Um, well, this might be before that then. I don't know when Carter was president. I think, wasn't he president in the 70s? Uh, so, Carter? Yeah. Yeah, this yeah, that happened was, in the 70s. So, yeah, it was 77. Carter was 77. He's getting a lot of, like, um, he's yeah. getting a lot of newspaper coverage. Um, was it Carter? Well, yeah, I just said he was friends with his wife. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah, I think so. So, um, so with all that media attention, in whatever form it's in, the bullshit starts to leak out. Um, a lot of people are starting to see, like, the fucking weird shit that he's doing. Eventually, mm-hmm. it was just, it was too much. Um, he moves the entire temple to Guyana, um, which is where he names his settlement Jonestown. Um, and that's where I'm going to leave it to you. Oh, oh, I saw this going way further. Okay, okay. Further, <laughs> I've been talking for so long. Like, no, this is, what, has it been long? What, what? I think this is the longest I've ever talked on an intro. Like, Cody, I want more. I wrote you a story. <laughs> Cody, I need more. <laughs> okay, okay, so we're going to take a quick break, um, and then we'll come back, and you can tell me about, like, the, the death. Yeah, well, it's going to be – okay, yeah, don't worry about it. Just stop it. Whatever. Okay, cool. Yeah, All right. Bye. Be back. Hey guys, this is uh, Cody and CJ from Justice Time Machine. Uh, just doing another shout out for our buddy Eli, who did our logo for the podcast. If you guys like what you saw with our logo and are looking for any kind of graphic design or logo work, he's really a reliable source to go to. It's E-L-I-S underscore trash can on Instagram. Really cool guy, really quick with his work and very talented. And you know he'll work within your budget. He's very understanding and reasonable. Um, so yeah, re- reach out to him if you guys need any work done. It's definitely worth it, and have a good one. Yo. Hey. Hi. We're, we're back again. Oh, so, yeah. Okay, so the things that you missed during the break was Cody and I arguing about Star Wars again. Again. <laughs> well, well, Cody likes Empire Strikes Back. And I like undeniably the best one, you moron. No, because, like, liking Empire Strikes Back is, like, it's, like, my favorite part of Moby Dick is uh, Call Me Ishmael. Like, you're That's fucking out of your part. <laughs> it's the first line, you piece of shit. Yeah, like, what a gripping line. There's nothing prior or nothing... Okay, you know what? We're not gonna... Okay, you know you're, you're You're stupid. And and for the record, my first part was 26 minutes. Was it really? Yeah. Telling oh. me it was short? <laughs> it, well, you were doing such a good job, it felt short. Oh, well, okay, cool. cool. Yeah, so, yeah, now, now who feels like... I'll forget asshole? your transgressions. <laughs> <laughs> Forgive me. Forgive me, Cody, for I have sinned. Dude, I went and saw Empire Strikes Back in theater for the 40th anniversary. It was fantastic. I bet. Do you see on the silver screen? Get out yeah, of here, man. dude. That was my... I, I, I'm sure you saw my post. That was the first VHS I ever owned. Was it really? Yeah. My dad took me to a movie store to buy a VHS and was like, which one do you want? And that was the one I think. That was the first VHS. I still have it. I think mine was Three Ninjas. Oh, that's a, I mean, that's a classic. That's great. No, actually, it was the first Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the TMNT. Also great. Yeah. Okay. So, All right. anyway. Give me Jonestown. 
Oh, oh boy. Oh, golly. Oh, golly. Good golly. Oh, golly. Good, good gosh. (laughs) You know, you know, I have a very, um, a hard stance on false prophets. Yes. Yeah. You're, you're not a fan. Where I think that evangelical types are, are literally like the scourge of the earth. Yeah. Where they trick people into giving them money for no reason based off a false hope for them getting better. Yeah. And I think that Jim Jones is, is no better than the, the, or even worse than the new false prophets we have, like, like Kenneth Copeland, where he, where he rationalizes his tithings or mm. the people tithing to his church so he can buy a jet to scoot around the world faster to reach his, his, yeah. uh, to deliver his I, sermon. Like my, my problem is like any time where I don't care if you're the head of the church, but when the church's revenue is your paycheck, there's a fucking right. problem. There's an issue. And like, I get, I'm, I'm going to try not to get hot because this, that kind of thing makes me crazy because it, 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 it's uh, low-hanging fruit. It's, it, it's asking people to give you money for their deepest fear, which is death, which is everybody's deepest fear, which is dying alone. And you're, That's you're, all religion is. It's like, come to me and I'll make you feel better about dying. Yeah, and you're using that as a leg up for your fucking bank account. Like, go fuck yourself yeah. forever. Like, yeah. so let me just get that out of my system. That's done. Okay, okay. And let's talk leave, about leave, leave the anger at the door. It's it's checked in. Actually, okay. I'm gonna shut my door. <laughs> Stop leaving your door open. I like the air. What can I say? It's not yeah, air's nice. I'm sitting in a fucking hot box. Actually, so actually, you know what? It's actually very cool in here right now. I, I take that back. That's good. it's probably because it's not two of us. Yeah, yeah I'm not as yeah. <laughs> I'm not as bad either. Like it's it's hot. I'm yeah. a little sweaty, but it's not like usual. So so we talked about his 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 formation from you know Indiana where he got his chops, uh-huh. uh, his, his racial integration. Okay. We didn't really talk about his rainbow family. Oh, I'm going to get to that. Okay, so I'll leave that out. But, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, don't worry. I, I, I'm going to talk about it at the end. So. Okay. okay, so then he went to Brazil, and then he went to San Francisco, and yes. it all kind of leads up to Jonestown is where he left off. Okay. So Jonestown was built in Guyana. Yes. So Guyana, G-U-Y-A-N-A. Is it and Guyana or Guyana? Okay, so I looked up the pronunciation on um, uh, on YouTube, and it's Guyana. Oh, I always, I always like I think of it as like French Guiana, Guiana, or like Papua New pa- Papua New Guinea. Oh, is it Papua New Guinea? I always say Papua New Guinea. I, 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 I it could be either one. Yeah, well, because like I, I, I'm a really big fan of the movie uh, The Lost City of Z. Uh, okay, which is uh, about uh, Percy Fawcett and his like mm-hmm. hunt for like basically El Dorado. And um, oh, yeah, the gold. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm mixing. You know what's funny? I'm mixing two different movies with um, the guy from Sons of Anarchy. Um, <laughs> which guy? I'm talking about. There's a movie called Papillon, uh, oh. which is about a real life criminal named Papillon, who is a French guy who gets mm-hmm. put put in prison in French Guiana. And in the movie, they call it French Guiana. So I always thought it was that Guiana. But I, I looked up the pronunciation. This uh, this the the South American is Guiana. Okay. Or, oh, or no, Guy- Guyana. 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 Okay. Sorry, my bad. No, oh, good. actually, Papillon is a really good uh, a UK rapper, by the way, if anybody's interested. Oh, you probably named it after the, the criminal. Probably. Yeah. Okay, so, so Guyana is uh, Northeast South America. It's in between Venezuela and uh, Suriname. 
Okay. It's it's at the tippy top of South America. The tippy tippy. The tippy top. Okay. I don't know why I said it like that. The nipple. (laughs) The the tipple. Uh, So Jonestown was on the the northwest side of the country. Okay. And and Georgetown, which Georgetown, Georgetown still has its nom de plume, which is on the the east side, the northeast side of the country. What's that mean? A nom de plume? Yeah. It's a pen name. Oh, it's still called Georgetown. So it, it, it was founded as Georgetown as an antithesis to the original settlers. Oh, well, that but makes was, sense. Yeah, obviously, Jonestown was after fucking him. Like, well, Jonestown was after him, but Georgetown was also not a part of that original naming plan. So it's a nom de plume. Yeah, oh, oh, okay. I mean, but, but that, right, that French sector, jerk. <laughs> fuck you, Cody. That, that, <laughs> That sector holds its name, but Jonestown doesn't. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. You know I mean, so if you look at a map of Guyana now, Georgetown still holds firm, but Jonestown is eliminated. I think it's kind of funny that he spent so much time in Brazil because he thought it was, like, nuclear safe, and then it ends up in Guyana. Like, nuclear? Nuclear. Nuclear? Nuclear so, um, safe. So Jonestown... Exists, but uh, George Jonestown doesn't exist. And the Nordstown, the the news, fuck me. Whoa, God, what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my brain. Which, my brain which work, town is where? <laughs> my brain is working faster than my mouth right now. Hold okay, on. Okay, slow down. So the news sources reported Jonestown mm-hmm. as a socialist paradise, or they also called it a liberal sanctuary. Well, those are. Very different things. <laughs> well, they're they're almost like a yeah, they're almost in the same ballpark, but they're uh, they're playing different games. There's a lot of a lot more people that fall under the spectrum of liberal than right. saying it's a socialist paradise. <laughs> like, right, but that's how the news reported it in yeah, okay. in Okay, so okay. but Jim Jones straight up said this is supposed to be a model communist community. He hates socialism. He's like, no, 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 no I'm a commie. <laughs> So Jim Jones, Jim Jones is quoted saying, "These, this is a town for the purest of communists." Okay. Okay. So at this point, Jim Jones was. Rem- this is the summer of '77. Jim okay. Jones was re- removed from the recruitment process of Jonestown. Why? Okay. Uh, give me a sec. <laughs> oh, sorry. I just like it was such like a big question. I was like, oh, wait, wait why? I mean, this is. I didn't have- his town. I, I didn't ask. I didn't ask. Was he? I told you he was. <laughs> well, no, but I want to know why. <laughs> no, he was addicted to amphetamines. Oh, sick. Okay. Okay. So he had a very clear, Yes. He had a very clear addiction, and his his followers actually noticed his addiction and said, "Hey, we'll do the recruitment from here because you're getting a little too excited all the time. You're you're recruiting a lot of hot people." And it's right. feeling a little sexual. <laughs> so his, his drug addiction was coming becoming very noticeable and very obvious. Your interviews his, take too long. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why are you asking his favorite color? Like, just ask him if he wants to. <laughs> you you want to die together? I don't, I don't care what her bra size is. <laughs> yeah, so, but his, his mental capacities were being way. His, so his mental structure was very unstable at this point. Oh, he, he was getting, like, manic? Because what he did was he would take amphetamines during the day and then barbiturates at night to sleep. Oh, uh, so he was... Okay, so basically the, the classic, like, uppers all day, downers to go to bed. 
corners to bad. So up, 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 down, up, down, up, down. Dangerous, so he man. never actually, Dangerous. he never actually hit a, he never actually hit a REM cycle. He was just up all the time. Yeah. That's right. That's scary shit, dude. It's very, it was very like Hunter S. Thompson in his later years schedule. Yeah. Where it was like, hey, uh, here's, you ever see that famous thing where like Hunter S. Thompson's daily schedule? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah you know, you mean, you showed it to me and we talked about it like in yeah, depth. It was like, it was like all day. It's like, co- like cocaine, whiskey, cocaine, whiskey, orange juice, taco salad, cocaine, whiskey, coffee, cocaine, coffee, like, <laughs> and, then, and then weed and then a sleeping pill. Yeah. And then that was his way to balance itself out, but he never actually got any actual sleep. Well, even, even a normal person with lack of sleep becomes manic. Well, we have, I mean, like, we all know Hunter S. Thompson's blood is made out of piss and vinegar, but like. Oh, well, yeah, but is, like, I'm saying, like, even a, a normal person that goes without REM cycle and is just like awake and then asleep, even like if they're basically doing like coffee and like, you know, sleepy time tea, like, right. that'll make them manic. Like, it if will. they aren't getting a cycle, if you're, you're, you're introducing things that get you from zero to 70 and then bring you from 70 to zero, you're going to go fucking insane. Exactly. Yeah. So, so this is his, his mental diminishment right now. Yeah, this guy, is, he's deteriorating. So it's, it's feeding into his decisions later. Okay. okay. So, uh, Jonestown was called the People's Temple Agricultural Project, which right. <laughs> I, don't know if you, I don't know if you picked this up when you read it. But it reminded me a lot of Unit 731. It reminds me a lot of a lot of things that we've talked about where they come with some fucking long-ass name where it's like, the what now? Like, Okay, because remember in Unit 731, it was, it was phrased as a Water Purification Act? Yeah. But it was actually just them getting a, being allowed to... Well, it was also like in one of the last episodes with uh, Gandhi, or not Gandhi, um, fucking Gaddafi. Mm-hmm. when he was like, oh, I'm the people's liberation bonanza fantastical of Libya. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, what the fuck? Like, speak a name. <laughs> the, uh, the, the communism palooza. Yeah. It's, okay. Yeah. My your right. brother leader. <laughs> so at this point, Jim Jones had a team of recruiters for him. Okay. Because he was too um, uh, unruly. <laughs> he was too high. So they, they collected about it's, – it's disputed how many people actually went to Jonestown, but it's about 900 and 950. That's a lot. 900 950 people. Of those 950 people, 68% of them were black. Oh, okay. I mean, uh, so the move, the move took place over the summer of 1977. Mm-hmm. So it was like June to August 1977. And, and that's a very famous summer in America. Why? Because we have um, the blackouts in New York City. Uh, never heard of it. We have the son of Sam. Ooh. So uh, David Berkowitz, he was arrested in New York City. Yeah. Actually, this is, this is a bad year for New York City. This is not sounding like a big year. It's sounding like a bad year. <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's, it was a bad. It was a bad summer for New York City. Okay. So blackouts, son of Sam. Son of Sam. And there's 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 a side story here that I'm gonna get into, but it's a very necessary side story. Okay. All right, so the side story is that Jim claimed to be the father of this kid, and the kid was named John Victor Stowen. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, 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 I saw him. Okay, so yeah, yeah. The, child, the child, he claimed that John Victor was his child, but the child was the biological child of Timothy and Grace Stowen. Yeah. And there was, there was a long legal battle, and the child was ordered to live with Jim Jones in Jonestown, in Guyana, 
because our uh, our legal system is inherently flawed. He's fucking dumb, and it's like, uh, he's not his dad. Like, yeah. what? And, and, yeah, by by our our our. <sighs> Okay, our, our our legal system when it comes to custody isn't inherently flawed. It's batshit fucking crazy. Yeah, it's way past inherently flawed. Yeah, and like what, dude? Like it's, one thing we'll talk about later when I talk about his rainbow family, like you brought up earlier. Like, dude, he would just like adopt like so many kids, and like even though like their biological parents were like still in the picture, he's like, no, 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 he's mine now. <laughs> so the only reason that so Jim Jones got custody. And he was allowed to take um, John Victor to Guyana with him at the Jonestown settlement. This guy's like, you're not my dad. <laughs> and this is the only reason, because his biological parents, uh, Timothy and Grace, were in the middle of a divorce. Oh. And so he Steady got... family life. Exactly. So what he's used to. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Timothy gets... So, so Timothy's like, this is bullshit. Like, they took my son. I'm going to go full Liam Neeson and get some fucking <laughs> shit... Like you took my son, I'm coming after you. Fuck yeah! So he gets word that June, that Jonestown has human rights violations, and he uses that as a um, as a catapult to take it to Washington D.C. Nice. So him and other defectors formed like kind of a, a coalition okay. to to fight the the Temple of Jonestown blub, whatever that's called. What was it? The agricultural whatever. Yeah, the bonanza. So, so they they marched on Washington. They marched on Washington like total Fugazi style and demanded custody of John Victor. Okay. And they tried everything to get their fucking kid back. They tried every 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 lawyer they could, every every um, legal route they could, but they just couldn't do it. Yeah, you forgot, and, dude. This guy's a communist cult leader. Like, <laughs> why they couldn't do it? Because Jim shit. Jones had friends in high places. Well, yeah, he was the most fucking famous guy in America. Like exactly. So, including one of those high, high, high places was, was Harvey Milk. Yep. Okay. So, Harvey Milk wrote a letter to President Jimmy Carter at the time, defending the actions of Jim Jones. And Jones is friends with his wife. And defending the custody case, allowing Jim Jones to retain custody of John Victor. And Great. at this point, I would like to say another fuck you to Sean Penn. Fuck you, Sean <laughs> Penn. Forever, because Sean Plain... Sean Penn, Sean Penn portrayed. I'm sorry, I'm getting angry. Sean Penn portrayed Harvey Milk in the movie Milk. So yes. fuck you, Sean Penn. Fuck you, Jim Jones. Fuck everything, and let's keep going. Okay. So there was an investigation by a congressman, uh, Leo Ryan. Yeah. So yeah, him for the human rights violations. So Leo Ryan and his delegates were sent out to Guyana to investigate the human rights abuse. So Jim Jones received them in Jonestown Okay. through a big party, and this was November 16th, through a big party that night, and they all got, a, got along amicably. Cool. But two days later, they fled after one of Jim Jones' supporters tried to stab the congressman. <laughs> what? So the congressman was attacked by one of Jim Jones' supporters with a knife, so they all got in their limo and bailed to the airport. And they were like, we're out of here. This is crazy. Yeah. And while they were bailing, 15 other people in the camp were like, take me with you. Take me with you. Oh, shit. Okay. This camp is crazy. I want to get the fuck out of here. And they all hopped in the limo and headed to the airport. Oh, damn. Okay. Once they got to the airport, uh, Jim Jones supporters 
ran up to the airport in a tractor and shot them all down. What? Yes. He had an army called the Red Brigade, which was a, you know, red as in communist. Oh, the Red Army. That patrolled the area of Jonestown, fighting off different defectors. So if you want to defect, they would try to pull you back in. If you want to run away, they would pull you back in. They were called the Red Brigade. So he had, he literally had his own Red Army. So he had his own Red Army. So when the, when the, the congressman, his delegates, and the 15 other people that wanted to escape got to the airport, the Red Brigade, Jim Jones's, you know, battle axes, blew them all away with machine guns. One of the person, one of the people that got shot was a cameraman for NBC, mm. which the footage can be seen of the first few seconds of the gunfire. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, it's online. I, I also, I read somewhere, I skimmed through it. Someone got shot in the butt cheek, which is very Forrest Gump to me. Yeah, yeah. It's like uh, some company come up and bit me in the butt. Yeah. Like, someone was reported to have gotten grazed on the butt cheek. On yeah, the yeah. Big old fat rain. <laughs> Big old fat rain. A little bitty stinging rain. Sometimes coming up straight underneath. Right underneath. I must have had like 15 Dr. Peppers. <laughs> oh, All right. Wait, okay, let's get out. Any, anyways. Okay. So that same day, November 18th, was the day of the mass suicide. Oh, it's the same fucking day? So the they, day they get a visit. Everything's fucking hunky-dory. Mm-hmm. Then those people, like someone pulls a fucking knife and they're like, wow, these guys are crazy. Then, right. I'm sorry, you said a tractor pulls up with the fucking It, it was a tractor with a, a, um, a wagon full of the Red Brigade and they, they shot... All I'm just the, picturing uh, like my uncle on his like John Deere, and it's like fucking rickety as shit. And then, yeah. <laughs> and then he's like, "Kill everyone!" <laughs> like, okay, I'm gonna need you to let me get through this last point. Okay, I'll I'll shut up. No, I don't want you to shut up. Just let me get through it. Okay. So basically, at this point, Jim Jones went back to the camp and put on a, a mass sermon on the mountain, saying, "This is what happens." when we let people in Mm. all right when people come to see us we're in trouble so he's like we had them visit once now they're gonna start outsiders bad quoting jim they're gonna start parachuting in they're gonna shoot our babies they're gonna torture our children and seniors holy shit Uh, and the 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 message was compounded by his silver tongue because jim jones is known for being a very good speaker good, good talker but it, it's almost at this point, it's a, it's a forked silver tongue because he's a fucking snake in the grass. It's like it's, it's a yeah. snake with a silver tongue. Yeah. He's, so, talking, he's talking them into their death. Exactly. That's, this is exactly what's happening. So the group argued against uh, a, a revolutionary suicide. So Jim Jones called it a revolution, revolutionary suicide. The group was arguing, like arguing, crying, just the, the people were begging for their lives saying, please, Jim Jones, like, let's not do this. And he kept preaching. He kept having a sermon, talking them into it. He was saying, don't be hysterical. Don't be afraid to die. We're all in this together. We're just crossing over the next plane. And this is, and he also was quoted saying that death is our friend now. Death is our only friend. So the concoction was made. So it was grape Kool-Aid mixed with cyanide and sedatives. So you would feel the sedative first and then die from the cyanide later. Okay. So it's, okay. so it's 909 people. 304 of them were children. 
kids. A so lot 30, of kids. 30, 30 odd percent, 33 or 34% were children, uh, including John Victor, the, the child I discussed earlier in the legal battle. From oh, Grace yeah. So that child also died in this mass suicide because they couldn't get him back in time. Fuck, dude. Jones. Oh, shit. Okay, he froze. I'm going to pause it. Hi, everybody. Thanks for joining us on another episode of Justice Time Machine. Uh, we appreciate it very much so. Um, I want to take this opportunity to also appreciate another person. I hope that line of logic followed. Um, his name is Johnny Nittle, and he is the person responsible for doing all of our music. Uh, he did our theme song, he does all the transitions, and we couldn't be happier with his work. We think it's like absolutely wonderful. It's one of uh, the greatest things that's happened to our podcast since it started. It's actually um, sounding much more professional and um, just all around better. So uh, you should absolutely give me your business. Go to johnnyrk.com. That's johnnyrk, J-O-H-N-N-Y-R-K.com. Or you can find him on all social media at johnnyrk. Um, go to Johnny Niddle. Give him your money. He deserves every penny. Thank you, Johnny. And we'll see you next time. Um, okay. cool. So not, I mean, ah, God, it was a lot of death that you went through. Like, what did you, you say? 900 and what? Oh, so final tally was, it's disputed to be 908, 909, or 915. One of those three. It's weird. I, I have a higher number. <laughs> um, you really? Yeah, I'll get to it later. Um, so, uh, I wanted to start this off to basically just put him in the same bucket as every other fucking lunatic uh serial killer dictator cult leader yeah. he's a coward yeah put him in that fucking chum bucket fuck he's you in that dude. chum bucket of being a fucking coward yeah it's bullshit dude they never they never will do what they are asking or calling upon you to do and it's fucking bullshit um so like everyone else took the fucking uh you know the the concoction uh, even babies being fucking grabbed and having it squirted into their mouth and fucking syringes. Um, Jim Jones went and shot himself what? in his own chair. What? That was a thing? Oh, yeah. they Because obviously a baby can't drink it. So they were grabbing babies and injecting it into their mouth. They were killing infants. Like, oh it's bullshit, dude. But then this guy goes and shoots himself. Instead of taking the poison that he asked everyone else to take in his would you call it some fucking uh, revolutionary suicide or something? It, 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 he, he called it revolutionary suicide. Yeah, he went and shot himself in his own fucking chair. And above his, his chair, his little throne, uh, he had a little plaque that said, those who do not remember the past are doomed to repeat it. Like a self-righteous piece of shit. Like, who do you think you are, guy? Dude, he thinks you're he's like, fucking Gandhi. Like, like you're, you're, you're <laughs> nothing. You're a human. They just yeah. has the gift, you have the gift of gab. Congratulations. Be a radio broadcaster. Dude, this guy was uh, gay Jesus, man. Like gay Jesus. Yeah, he was fucking. No, no, no. Because that's, that's, that's it's, it's 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 derogatory, and he doesn't deserve a title. True. He's but not he, either. He he's, he's, like he's, not, he's not good enough to be gay, and he's not good enough to be Jesus. True. True. Because he's not. 
Um, and that quote is too good for him because that quote is like it's uh, existential. That quote is is universal. And for him to fucking just kill himself underneath it, like, oh, I'm so fucking wise. Like, fuck you, dude. Yeah. Like, ugh. So. There should be, like, a new, like, you know how there's, like, you know, Pascal's Wager, where it's, like, say, it, 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 it's, Pascal's Wager is, like, it's, it's, it, it, it's better to believe in God than not because the outcome is different for one or the other. It's always in your favor, yeah. <laughs> it's always in your favor no matter what. Yeah. So there should be the Jim Jones wager, which is just be a fucking pussy <laughs> and kill everybody else. So that's his wager. So what he put it. So you came to the poker table with a handful of chips and he, he brought to the same poker table, a big old diaper filled with steaming shit and was like, can I use these? Yeah. And called like, it no. chips. <laughs> you, you, you can't pal. Cause you those can't. are fucking worthless. That's just not like, money. <laughs> just like you're, you're, they're worthless. Just like your fucking words, you piece of shit. <laughs> so um, you you mentioned this earlier, and it's something I didn't get into, uh, but I want to talk about it now. Is quote unquote his rainbow family. Mm-hmm. Yes. So we talked about how like in, uh, inclusive he was of everyone. Uh, he had a lot of kids. He had like nine. Um, they were all a lot of them were adopted. Like he had a couple with his wife, but a lot of them were adopted. Mm-hmm. Um, and how he liked to play up that he was Native American. Like, he adopted a Native American child, like, to play into it. Right. Um, all part of his master plan. Um, a lot of them were there. Uh, not, not all of them died, but some of them did. Um, so I'm going to go through a couple of them, um, okay. if you're okay with that. Yeah, of course. So, well, I mean, I'm not okay with that, but go ahead, Cody. No, be okay with it. Oh, okay. 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 So there's um, Stephen with a ph so stefan mm-hmm. um if anyone has their name so like that and says steven get out um i hate it um hey you were allowed to go on a tangent once about words you hated i hate that <laughs> well i'm so, just it's, it's just i like i like where you pick your poison that's all <laughs> stefan is bullshit <laughs> yeah cody you have to let it out baby okay so there's stefan uh jim jr and Jim Jones, or Tim Jones, sorry, Tim Jones. Tim Jones. Um, he couldn't have two juniors, so. <laughs> Was there a Jimothy in there somewhere? <laughs> Probably, a Jimothy Johns. Like, <laughs> so, Steve, Stephen, Jim Jr., and Tim Jones, um, they were in Guiana, but they weren't at Jonestown. They were actually away playing a basketball game against the Guiana basketball team, the national team. Oh, okay. Yeah, so they were a little busy. Um, but not for lack of trying, Jim Jones did call Steven and was like, hey, you guys need to come back. Like, I got to kill all of you. And Steven was like, no. <laughs> like, yeah, we're playing basketball. We're playing basketball. Like, it's kind of important. Um, so they lived. Um, but the, the shitty part is um, Tim's biological family, because Tim was one of the adopted children. His mm-hmm. biological family was there, so they died. That's, that sucked. Um, Jim Jones Jr., his pregnant wife was in Jonestown, so she died. With, um, with, with child. With child, so double. Um, I don't think Stephen had, like, a wife or anything like that, but he survived. Um, okay. A lot of them were kept under surveillance, too, like, thinking that they were in on it. Um, Wait, doesn't, doesn't he have a son that's, like, is it Stephen? Doesn't he have a son that's made documentaries about, like, how much he sucks? Oh, maybe. 
I don't know. I haven't watched any documentaries. I think, maybe. I think, I think Jim Jones has a son, which he his, he's well, he dedicated has a couple that are still alive. Like, he has one son that's dedicated his life to go on diatribes about how bad he was. I mean, that's very possible. I, I, like, think, I think there's a Hulu documentary about it. Yeah, I think. Didn't you watch it? No. Well, I, didn't, I fell asleep. Oh, okay, okay. Um, oh, I so think you left me. I tried to, but I fell asleep. Gotcha. Okay, so then his son, Lou. He died there with his family in Jonestown. He uh, took the, the poison with his, his wife and son. Um, he, his son was probably one of the babies that they, like, squirted it into his mouth and held him down. God, Jesus. Um, his daughter, Don't Agnes, say that so also. Casually. Wait, what? Don't say that so casually. I can't Oh, sorry, it. sorry, sorry. I mean, it is awful. I know. I'm just, like, I'm trying to get through it. I know. Um, his daughter, Agnes, also died there in Jonestown. Um. Not a lot of details on her. Uh, his daughter, Suzanne, though, she actually left the, the church years before and was blacklisted by Jim Jones and his wife. Um, she was ad- adopted, but um, he uh, considered them all his children. But they, uh, she left like with her husband and was like, yeah, you guys are crazy. And Jim Jones and his wife were like, uh, no, they're, they can't be trusted. Like, don't give them any of our inheritance. Like, mm-hmm. like they had like money set aside, um, not for their kids. They actually had money set aside for the Communist Party of Russia. Um, oh yeah, just just in case. Yeah, just give it to Stalin. Um, in case you need a new, uh, a couple more Kalishnikovs or something like that. Yeah. Um. So she was uh like blacklisted by her dad, but she was in America, so she lived. Um, I think she later died from colon cancer, but. She survived. Um, that's, a, that's a bad way to go. Yeah. Sorry. So, um, overall, 912 of the – I got 918 uh, victims. Uh, 912 of the bodies were transported from Guyana to the Dover Air Force Base in Delaware. Uh, the mortuary there at the base was tasked with processing all of them, which left a lot of the people at the mortuary with PTSD just from the sheer scale of the bodies. Well, like, I'm, I'm they were sure cutting it in cargo jets. I'm sure that, on top of the fact that a lot of those coffins were probably very small. Mm. You're wrong, sir. They weren't coffins. They were coming in as bodies in a cargo jet. In yeah. Okay, yeah, that will... If that doesn't send you into an apocalyptic nightmare, I don't know what will. They're coming in in bags in a cargo jet, unloaded, processed, fingerprinted. There you have to do the whole embalming thing and then cremated, um, if not claimed by a family member already for other rights. Like, that team at that Air Force base had to do it all. Like, and this isn't like, this isn't a hospital. This is a Air Force base with, you know, like, it's pretty shitty. They, they don't have the they don't have the preparation. They're not like well, they didn't not, have they didn't have the staff for that uh, something of that size. Like they probably cover or, like a body a month, or the psychiatric preparedness to deal with something like that. Yeah, and then they get a thousand dumped on their fucking door, like, like literally they do. Like, like we like there's a lot of things like uh, cult leaders and, and cults out there that have like mass suicide. This is a thousand people, like a lot. So, um, yeah, like, people are going to be, like, the people that have to fucking do this are going to be affected. Um, to this day, 
only five of the dead have not been claimed by next of kin. Okay, so there's five randoms. There's five random people that maybe cut off ties so completely that like, can't be identified. A couple of John and Jane Doe's. Yeah, that... like they just, like no one's claimed them. Like they've tried to identify them. Some have been identified, but the family's never come forward. Like they could have at that point been been transient scooped up by the uh, movement too. They could have been, but I think I think with a couple of them they were even they were matched to like other records and like they have a name, but like no one's come forward, like at all to claim them. Well, so I, I don't I don't care what embarrassment your decisions you know affect your family with. I think your family should always be there at least in the end. Like, I think if your family knows that someone in your family tree fucking pieced out to Guyana, you should know it. You should fucking be call them like or email at least. Yeah, I mean like inquire like send a well it's it's in 1977 so send a postcard I guess. So. Yeah, maybe. Like but <laughs> even five to this day have not been claimed. So they are actually um there, there's a, a memorial grave where half of the victims are actually uh, in, even though they've, like, they've been claimed. It's still, it's still in Delaware? No, no, it's in Oakland, California. Oakland? It's in Oakland. Road trip? Road trip? Yeah, let's go. All right. Yeah. I went to San Francisco. I didn't cross the bridge, though. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. But uh, so there's a memorial in Oakland where half of the victims are buried. Like their families, even though they were claimed, like let them be buried there. Those five are also there, okay, uh, as part of the memorial. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much what I got. I, I ended it with a fun fact. Um, this is this event that we've talked about this entire time is where we get the phrase "drinking the Kool Aid." Yes, yes. So, uh, this for, literally for, kicked um, off the Kool Aid thing. Like, yeah, is it is it free? Oh no, you're lagging. I'm lagging. Hold on, I'm gonna pause it. All right. Ugh. Okay. God damn it. I hate so much right I now. I hate okay. internet. Internet is stupid yeah. and it's fucking up the end of this. So, okay. you know what? I'm sorry to you guys. You don't get a lot of our final thoughts because you know internet. Okay, so uh, let's get it done before anything happens again. Yeah. We're right, gonna pass so, it off to Mark. Mark is yeah. gonna do some fact checking. Um, yeah. And yeah, we're getting towards the end of the season. We got one more episode. Yeah. Um, I had I had one thing to interject with real quick, if you don't okay. mind. Um, I wanted to put together a compilation of our favorite season three bits. Oh. So okay. if you if you have a favorite bit from season three, which is obviously not the last part of this episode. But uh, if if you have a favorite, I want to put together like a little compilation. So email me uh, and Cody your favorite bits at Justice Time Machine, uh, DM us at, at Justice Time Machine, or email us at Justice Time Machine at gmail.com. I would also say like not even season three, any favorites, or any yeah. Oh, actually, from all three seasons. Yeah, that's a good point. Just That'd your favorite. That's a good idea. I want to put something together where, like, because we're about to be off for a while. For a little bit, yeah. Yeah, we might, like, a month, two months. Yeah, month, month-ish. Maybe not two months, but month-ish. Yeah, we're going to be off for a little bit, so I'm going to need a project to work on in the interim. Yeah. 
So email us whatever your favorite bit was. Like, uh, yeah. you know. I mean, you can, you can wait till the next episode, and then we'll bring it all in on season four. Yeah, 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 yeah. And we'll be, yeah, we'll do whatever. Like, I just, um, thank, thank everybody. We'll, we'll do final thank yous at the last episode, but just yeah. thank everybody. I just want to thank everybody so much for, for listening at this point. We've got a lot of new traction, and we've got a lot of new listeners, and I, it doesn't, it, nothing means more to me than, than people listening to me and Cody be idiots together. Yeah, and have internet problems. This is the first and, episode we've had that on. But yeah, yeah. Well, you know, well, hey, we're beginners. We're learning. Yeah, we just learned how to record. <laughs> so, <laughs> all right, guys. You're, you're lucky I can form full sentences. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, you guys are always awesome. Um, I'm Cody. I'm CJ. All right. Bye bye. As you will have heard, there were unfortunately some technical difficulties in this week's episode. I called CJ after the first initial playback, as Cody's final proclamations of, oh no, it's lagging, it's lagging, sounded very dramatic and somewhat reminiscent of the final recordings made by a black box. Fun fact, black box flight recorders are in fact bright orange. I'm here to tell you that the time machine was returned to the present with both passengers safely on board. The Jonestown Massacre was, before 9-11, the largest single incident of intentional civilian death in American history. So, considering CJ and Cody went to town and fully analysed the monster that was Jim Jones, I wanted to put my attention and focus into looking beyond the statistics and the staggering numbers that are often sadly associated with events such as this, and consider the members of the People's Temple as what they were, human beings. Were they victims, enthusiastic disciples, or vulnerable and disenfranchised individuals who were simply overcome by Jones's exuding charisma? After careful thought and consideration, I feel it's safe to say that all three are true. Although Jones's followers have been stereotyped as sinister, brainwashed idiots, the journalist Tim Reiterman argues in his seminal book on the subject that many were decent, hardworking, socially conscious people, some highly educated, who wanted to help their fellow man and serve God, not embrace a self-proclaimed deity on earth. With that said, the stories of three women stood out as I was conducting my research this week, and I want to take a moment to thank the San Diego State University for having such a thorough and available archive of historical texts on this subject matter. On the hauntingly referred to death tape, which was recorded on the fateful day of November 18th, 1978, an audible dissenter can be heard, 61-year-old Christine Miller. Miller, an African-American woman who had been with the People's Temple for many years, is heard asking Jones, is it too late for Russia? Now, the reason for this is that Jones and his people had previously planned to move to the Soviet Union or another communist nation like Cuba before settling in Guyana. 
According to sources, everyone from the very young to the elderly learnt how to read and speak Russian in anticipation of a possible move there. Miller went on to also say, I look at the babies and I think they deserve to live, you know. When we destroy ourselves, we are defeated. We let them, the enemies, defeat us. It appears that while Miller was potentially unafraid of death, she was able to at least recognise how many young, innocent lives would be lost as a result of the mass suicide. Her ideas were shouted down by Jones and other members of the temple, and Christine Miller was identified as one of the over 900 people that died in Jonestown. Annie Moore, sister to historian and scholar Rebecca Moore, was also found among the dead. However, where most died from cyanide poisoning, Annie and Jim Jones were the only ones to die from gunshot wounds to the head. Having served him as a nurse, Annie Moore was loyal to Jones until the end, and in a diary entry penned him as the most honest, loving, caring, concerned person whom I've ever met and knew. Sister Rebecca believes an additional entry, we died because you would not let us live in peace, scribed in a different coloured pen, was actually written on November 18th, during the suicides. This underlines the continued support from his followers that Jones received until the very end. There remained a strong belief and shared vision of the utopian society he was trying to build. While Annie Moore suffered an unquestionable self-inflicted gunshot wound, it remains inconclusive as to whether the final shot that killed Jim Jones was taken by himself or someone else. And finally, in a 2011 interview with The Atlantic, Terry Burford O'Shea, who fled Jonestown just three weeks before the massacre, talks about her experiences being with the People's Temple for seven years, after joining when homeless at 19 years of age. During one of the most alarming and eye-opening segments of the interview, O'Shea recalls the moments where Jim Jones would egregiously hold suicide practices. This included Jones exclaiming the words White Knight over a loudspeaker, ordering everyone to get to the pavilion as their lives were in immediate danger. Certain members of the temple were confidentially set up to fake escape, only to be shot with rubber bullets by those stationed in the dense jungle and amidst all this chaos, a couple of women would be tasked with entering the pavilion holding trays of so-called cyanide-laced beverages. The decision was then put upon them, run and risk being shot by what were believed to be real guns, or stay and commit mass suicide. Most chose to drink the cyanide. Others were forced into doing so. All before Jim would begin laughing and clapping, revealing the true nature of the rehearsal as a test which he had conducted to know that he could trust them. Perhaps the biggest correction I need to make before I let you go is that in the wake of the tragedy at Jonestown, the phrase drink the Kool-Aid became a popular term for blind obedience as pointed out by Cody. What's strange is that, according to various accounts, the primary beverage used at Jonestown 
was actually Flavor-Aid, a drink that I knew nothing about or its existence prior to researching this episode that apparently is still available. So if you're having a get-together this weekend, this is a drink you can certainly purchase. However, I strongly recommend withholding one key component from Jim Jones's personal cocktail of choice. Until next time, take care of one another and be safe.